Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. second week of the On the 50-Yard Line podcast, where we'll look at last week's results in high school football and then take a look at what, what we got going for the next week. We'll start off with Benedictine against Jenkins. It was a highly anticipated game, and Benedictine took control right away, ended up winning 45 to nothing in a game that was called with two minutes left in the first half. We'll get to that aspect of the game later. But it was the first start for junior quarterback Luke Cromenhawk, who had backed up Holden Gurner, now at Auburn, for the last two years. Luke had played strong safety and tight end last year and helped the cadets win the 4A state championship. And he committed to Florida State as a quarterback in the offseason. This was his first start behind center, and he showed why he's so highly regarded. He was 10 of 16 for 212 yards with four touchdowns. On his third pass of the game, he let let loose with a rocket. It was a 72-yard touchdown pass to Zaquan Bryan, who caught it in stride. Uh, Zaquan, who's committed to play at Minnesota, had four catches for 105 yards and a pair of touchdowns, and he also picked off a pass for the cadets. He's being recruited to the Gophers as a defensive back, so he said he was going to try to improve on his play on the defensive side of the ball. He's moved from corner to free safety for the cadets this year and I would expect him to be making a lot of interceptions. Sophomore Thomas Blackshear also had an impressive performance. He had two catches for 49 yards and a touchdown. He caught one in the right flat and scored a touchdown from about 25 yards out, but it was called back on on a blindside hit by his teammate. So they backed it up. It ended up being a start at the 29-yard line. They called the exact same play. Blackshear broke a tackle with a really impressive effort to stay on his feet and scored from 29 yards on the next play. This kid's already got an offer from Boston College, among others, and he's going to be a playmaker for the cadets this year. So keep an eye out on sophomore Thomas Blackshear. The uh, Benedictine defense was led by Wilkes, linebacker Wilkes Albert, who had eight stops in the half of work, and then Cole Simeon, the defensive lineman, who was in the backfield constantly harassing the Jenkins quarterbacks. He had a, a sack and a few pressures and a couple couple tackles for the cadets. Coach Jenkins coach Tony Welch was really disappointed in his team's effort. He told me after the game that he had 15 kids that were late to arrive on the Jenkins campus in preparation for the, the game, for the pregame stuff that they were working on. And many of them were starters, and he said those those were players that made a lot of mistakes on the field. He said he should have sent them home at the time when they showed up late. And they said they didn't get the job done on the field, and they got a lot of work to do. So Jenkins is back to the drawing board as far as that goes. The game was marred by an incident in the Jenkins stands with two minutes left in the first half that led to virtual stampede of kids 
who came running out of the stands. They were jumping fences. Some of them were on the field, came onto the field. They, they ran over to the Benedictine side of the, side of the field or stands. And then they came rushing back again. It was unclear what exactly happened. There were no shots fired and police, some police said that there had been an altercation in the stands that the police came to break, break up and that someone had flashed a gun in his waist bed. But when I ended up talking to the police public information officer that night, he said there was no evidence of a gun at the scene. And he said that someone might have yelled gun that created this panic and uh, created everybody just running like that. But both coaches, Britt and Coach Welsh, said they had never experienced anything like that before at a game. So that was a that was an unfortunate incident, and hopefully we won't see anything like that again this year. So the game was called with two minutes left in the first half, and Benedictine was already had 45 to nothing. So who knows how that would have ended up. I'm sure Coach Brent would have stayed with his starters maybe for a series or two in the third quarter before bringing in the young kids to play. Over on the other side of town, all these all the games in town were delayed by lightning lightning delays last week. So Calvary's game got started about 8.39 o'clock as they played at Islands, and the Cavaliers, who entered ranked number six in the state among Class 3A teams by the AJC, rolled to a 49-6 win over Host Islands. Jake Merklinger, the four-star quarterback who has a slew of offers, he uh, started out the season right. First play of first offensive play of the season, he hit Caden Arnold with a 50-yard touchdown pass. Merklinger was seven of 12 for 161 yards passing with three touchdowns. Two of them came on completions to sophomore Dupa Coleman. He had two catches for 74 yards, and like I said, both were for scores. Junior AJ Butts rushed for 58 yards on five carries. And had a pair of touchdowns. He also added four tackles as a linebacker. Terry Simmons, the defensive tackle, who's committed to Duke, had four tackles, one and a half sacks for the Cavs. They moved up to number five in the state rankings after the win, and they'll have this week off before hosting Eagles Landing Christian the following week. Savannah Christian got off to a good start with a 54-7 win over Hilton Head Christian. Sophomore Zoe Small started their season right, running back the opening kickoff, 83 yards for a touchdown. He scored four touchdowns on the night, rushing for 125 yards on just six carries. He had two touchdown runs and a touchdown reception. The uh, Raider defense was led by junior David Boosie, who had two pick sixes on the night, nine tackles, and a pair of sacks. So a great defensive uh, performance there by Boosie. And Savannah Christian, like I said earlier, will be at Islands on Friday night. New Hampshire started things out on Thursday night with a 47-27 to win over May River. Senior Paulie Seeley, who's committed to play at Wofford, had a great game at quarterback. He was 12 of 18 for 200 yards and four touchdowns. And Caleb Smith did a good job running the ball for during on a rainy night for the Phoenix with 150 yards on 22 carries. Then we had Liberty County also played on Thursday night. Great win for the Panthers as Cole Singleton found Ron Golden with a 27-yard touchdown pass with just seven seconds left remaining in the game to lead the Panthers to a 33-29 win at Southeast Bullock. Singleton 
was 17 out of 21 for 250 yards and a pair of touchdowns and also ran for 40 yards on eight carries. It was a, a big win for the Panthers who, who have dedicated their season to their late coach, Kirk Warner, who died over the summer from a rare form of cancer. Warner had coached the team for 20 years, former uh, UGA tight end. So great start to the season for Liberty County, who who's playing for something with the passing of their coach. Tony, Tony Glazer has taken over the squad. I think he has 13 years as an assistant at Liberty County. So they still have some consistency there in that, in that coaching staff and trying to remember their coach as they, as they go on with the season. Now looking forward to this week, uh, Benedictine has an interesting road trip all the way, going all the way down to Miami, a 16-hour round trip. It's got to be the, the longest road trip in, in the history of, of the BC program. Danny Britt said he's been, uh, besides game planning against this Columbus team, he's trying to get the itinerary going, you know, planning all the, where they're going to stop to eat and everything that goes with a, a trip like this. Uh, the team plans to leave Thursday at around 11 a.m. and get down to the Miami area at about 9.30 or 10. They'll stay the night Thursday and Friday. They're staying at an embassy suites down in Boca Raton, about 45 minutes from Tropical Park Stadium, where they'll, they'll be playing the game. Um, they're going to take a tour of the facilities at Florida Atlantic University on Friday morning, so that'll be a neat trip for the kids there. And uh, anyway, try and try to scout out the Columbus team. They haven't had a game yet. They didn't have a scrimmage, so all Britt has to look at is last year's spring game. He said this team, 8 of 11 starters on offense are seniors. So all these kids are coming in having been backups. This is how deep this team is. And these kids are coming in, and they've got offers from schools like Notre Dame and some big-time programs. So it should be a a really tough game for Benedictine, but uh, I think they're they're ready to compete. The Benedictine's also stacked and and kind of instead of rebuilding, they reload. So it should be a good game down there, and, and we'll have a report on on it for you on Saturday morning. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.